Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Morrissey and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, March 13th, 2019, and we are reading from the big book. And we are in Bill's story on page 13. We're going to be reading the second paragraph. There I humbly offered myself to God. And our comments will be focused on that one paragraph. Yesterday's share IDs for the 7 a.m. meeting, 12648. And for the 10 a.m. meeting, 12649. OH Preamble. Over Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And Tenzin P., would you please read OA's 12 steps? Good morning, Maura and everyone. Uh, Tenzin P., checking in. Here are the steps we took which are suggested as a program of recovery. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And twelve, Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. 
Thank you very much. Have a good day, everyone. Tenzin, thanks so much for your service. And Lindsay W., would you please read the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous? Good morning. This is Lindsay W., a compulsive overeater from Houston, Texas. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, any, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Lindsay, for your service. Okay, so our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Please time yourself, but I will give general reminders. Our abstinence requirements for moderators is one year. For readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. And we are sharing on what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. And once you're done sharing, please let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book. We are in the chapter, Bill's Story, and we are going to be reading the second paragraph, which begins, there I humbly offered myself to God, and sharing on just that one paragraph. And Barbara E., would you please get us started this morning? I would be honored. This is such an important page for me. I am humbled. There I humbly offered myself to God as I then understood him to do with me as he would. I placed myself unreservedly under his care and direction. I admitted for the first time 
that of myself I was nothing, that without him I was lost. I ruthlessly faced my sins and became willing to have my newfound friend take them away root and branch. I have not had a drink since. I'll start my time or two. But thank you for timing. In 1996, I was an unstable, undisciplined, poorly adjusted mother of two. My overeating had increased in spite of all my efforts to control it. My disease was getting progressively worse, and now I was trying yet another program away. I needed a sponsor, and I needed a food plan, and I needed to be honest. Now, I was a liar and a justifier, so that might be hard. But she also said I'd need to find a power source that was not the food, not the fellowship, and not her. In other words, God. Well, I was skeptical, but I hung around anyway, and slowly, ever so slowly, I embraced the concept. What choice did I have? Any prior feeling that I was living a liberated life of excitement when I ate whenever and whatever I had wanted had long ago vanished. I'd been in a lonely valley, and I felt I deserved my fate. I brought this misery on myself. I'd never known such true desperation until just before I walked into my first meeting two decades ago. Today, having gone through the steps multiple times, I'm now no longer in the valley of despair, but trudging along a path called hope, acceptance, and surrender. The air is clear, and there are many of you walking the path alongside me, reaching out a loving hand when I stumble along the way. If you're not yet on this path with us, do consider the possibility of joining us. Together, with God's help, we can do what we could never do alone. I have been blessed with commencing on this new way of life that goes beyond food to all aspects of my life. It enables me to feel freedom from fear, my prison of compulsive overeating and restricting and from isolation and from thinking I'm not good enough. Today, I pray that my God will help me to change myself in order to live in peace with whatever life brings and to help others instead of only thinking of myself. I am so grateful for what God has planned for me to learn today. To paraphrase a line from Amazing Grace, I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, and now I see. Thank you so much. Have a blessed day, everyone. I pass. Thank you, Barbara E. Okay, so if you would like to share, please press star one, and please, if you would, um, give me your first name and last initial, and I will repeat it back as soon as I hear it. Lisa B. Tina S. Lisa Pat B. Tina B. S. Can't break that yet. Did I hear Pat B.? Carmela G. Pat Carmela C. G. Pat C. Okay, Pat C. Who else? Sandy W. Sandy W. One more.
Okay, Donna this is G. who I have. I'm sorry, was that Donna G? Yeah. Okay, I got you. I have Lisa B, Tina S, Pat C, Carmela G, Sandy W, and Donna G. Lisa B, good morning. Good morning, Laura. Uh, my name is Lisa B. I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina, and thank you for your service. Um, this is a really exciting point in Bill's story. This is a turning point. Something new is going to happen for him at this step, at this point that he's in. And I need to keep showing up in this program because I can only hear what I'm able to hear in each moment. And he was able to hear something clearly that his life was ruined and that on his own, he is nothing. And I love that word humbly. That means in a way that shows or suggests a modest estimate of my importance. And I love the saying, I may not be much, but I'm all I think about. And that's how I am when I wake up in the morning. I'm like always thinking of me, me, me. So this step is the beginning of seeing that I am the problem and it's that selfishness that's the problem. But the big book tells me that seeing that and making that wonderful, valuable decision is going to have very little importance unless I take action. So it's all about the steps, you know, moving forward. And I was taught that this step is really making a decision to go forward with all of the steps and get recovered. And he briefly talks about in this paragraph, um, step six and seven, I ruthlessly faced my sins and became willing to have my newfound friend in capital S and friend is higher power. That's another word for higher power. Take them away. And I remember when we got to step six and seven, my big book guide, and we didn't spend really much time on it at all. We went right into step eight. And I can share from my own experience that step six and seven for me was truly addressed in going forward with the steps in nine, 10, 11, and 12. And I just wanted to share on step three, it's making that decision to turn my thoughts and my actions, my will, my actions, my thoughts, my life over. And today, my thought life. I often need to do 10 steps on my thought life because I can be very critical, judgmental, um, jealous, negative in my thoughts and not show them in my actions, but my thoughts can block me also from my higher power. So I just wanted to share the value of keep showing up and trusting that it can get better, that we can actually have an experience that's promised in this big book, but we need to always be taking actions. Thank you, I pass. Thank you, Lisa B. Tina S., it's your turn, and then Pat C. Thanks so much, more. Tina S., Recovered Compulsive Eater, Anorexic in Florida. Wow, great, some great shares. So grateful to be on the line. You know, and, and I, I too, uh, you know, I love the word humbly. You know, and I, I was always told that it was a word that meant that I could be right where I was, who I was, did not have to be anybody different to be right-sized, and I could start right there. You know, and, I, and some of the words are really great offered. You know, I give myself to God, you know, as I then understood him. And I also like that because today my my definition or understanding of a power greater than myself has changed and gets bigger over time, you know, because it, it was too little to keep me going. You know, and it says, I place myself unreservedly, without reservation, under his care and direction. You know, and one of the things is that, that those words give me a, a, a peace and a serenity. I take a, a place of nurturing 
for me that that I I'm no longer afraid of this power greater than myself, you know. And I, you know, and, and just you know, everything that was just said before, I too heard that you know that this is I turn my thoughts and my actions, you know, my will and my life over to a power greater than myself, and and that this was you know the step that I make that decision to go on with the rest of the steps, and that's why I have not had a drink since. You know, not that I just take step three. I was in a meeting last night where they talked about, you know, I take the first three steps and the compulsion is removed. And I was like, uh, yeah, because I make that decision to go on with the rest of the steps, you know. And, and I have to remind myself that because I could say the third step prayer every day if I'm not doing the work because it talks about, you know, I have, hadn't, have not had a drink since. So there's work to be done on a daily basis. You know, what I do today is not going to keep me sober and abstinent tomorrow. And what I did yesterday, well, today gives me a good start. But I wake up in the morning, and this is just what I do. I ask God to keep me sober, abstinent, and sane. And when I do, he does. And then there's work to be done throughout the day. And uh, I love this step, too, and eager to hear what everybody else has to say. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Tina. Pat C., it's your turn, followed by Carmela G. Hi, good morning. This is Kat, short for Catherine C., recovered in New York. Grateful to be on the line. Thank you for your service. Um, So before I could really turn my will um, and my life over to a higher power, um, you know, I really needed to get what you guys all describe as entirely abstinent. Um, I am a chronic relapser, 30 good years of relapsing, and, um, you know, I would give up the sugar and work the steps, didn't get recovered. Gave up the flour, too, work the steps, didn't get recovered. Gave up fake sugar, along with the other things, and didn't get recovered. And it wasn't until I finally gave up, honestly, grapes and cherries along with the other things that I could really work the rest of the steps and get recovered. And that was because by keeping the grapes and the cherries, um, I was sort of saying, um, in case you don't work out, God, I have these last two things that I can use just to take the edge off, just to alter my mood a little bit. So I really wasn't willing to um, cope or face my feelings. The interesting thing was is when I gave up those last two holdouts, the feelings that I felt, um, they weren't agonizing. They weren't overwhelming. They were normal, regular feelings. And um, with God's help, I could tolerate them. And um, and once I did that and worked the steps without any uh, anything to alter my mood, that's when I got recovered. That's when I um, could commit to doing everything the instructions told me um, I needed to do in order to recover. And uh, and I'm so grateful I did. And if there's any chronic relapsers there out there. It can even happen for us. I thought that recovery happened to the three kind of plucky people or some other sort of, you know, specialness that other people had that I just didn't have. And that's why I kept failing. Um, But there's a way out for even the worst of the relapsers. Um, 
so uh, I just wanted to share that that's my journey and I'm so grateful to be on the other side and with um, higher power with all of you. Thanks so much. I pass. Thank you, Kat C. Carmela G, it's your turn, followed by Sandy W. Thank you so much. This is Carmela G from New York, a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. For today, thank God, um, to do with me as he would, this sentence just, I could not even comprehend that prior to program. I would do a morning prayer, and the morning prayer set would end with, and do thou will in my life. I would do the morning prayer, and at that sentence, I would stop. And I would say, oh, haha, you know, God, I do trust you, but you really need to do. And then I would give him my laundry list for the day. That was in disease. And that was for over six decades. I would act like that and perform like that and thrive on self-will and Carmela's control. Well, it got me up to a deadly weight, gave me a deadly disease. My will was not the way it was supposed to be. People thought I was happy. I thought I was happy. But the reality was I found someone who was my Ebby. They suggested I use this program. I found this line, and five years later, I cannot tell you, every day before moving out of bed, surrendering and asking him, to do with me as he would, and the trust and the care that's been given to me is just beyond. And for that I am grateful, and for that I I put one foot in front of the other and work and live in these steps every day. And I pray every morning that he will give me just one more day. Thank you so much. I pass. Thank you, Carmela G. Sandy W., it is your turn, followed by Donna G. Thank you, Mara. Thanks so much for your service. Um, this is Sandy W., so gratefully recovered in Connecticut. You know, as I read this paragraph this time, I'm really struck by the line, I ruthlessly found, faced my sins and became willing to have my newfound friend take them away. You know, because it just is making me think about how, for me, it was in step five that I truly began to feel the presence of God in my life. You know, I was so convinced that my sins were just too horrible um, to ever be forgivable. And, you know, I was certain my sponsor, when I turned, it, turned them over to her, would think ill of me and would reject me or worse. Um, but she, you know, instead she said to me, me too, I've done things like that too. 
And um, I chose to also give a fifth step to my pastor. You know, part of my spiritual journey has included a reevaluation of the of religion in my life. And while I don't believe it needs to be that way for others, it was important to me to give another look to the religion I was raised in. So I fearfully, you know, I was so scared when I went to my pastor expecting to be laughed out of his office, but he too instead said, you know, your sins are forgiven. So both of these occurrences, um, they really opened up a connection within me to a loving, forgiving, accepting God, so different from the scary and punishing God that I was raised in, raised with. And, um, and this really opened the way to a God who would give me this daily reprieve um, from the food compulsions, which had just dominated my life beforehand. So by becoming entirely abstinent, as we talked about yesterday, as difficult as it was, and then admitting my powerlessness and need for this power greater than me to restore my sanity, you know, and then as we move on, and, and I finally took those action steps, beginning with my inventory, this newfound friend truly did, you know, not only take away my sins, but my desire to eat compulsively. And um, for anyone out there that's still suffering, I just want to say I know he can do that for you too. If you just surrender to him and, and the work of this program. Um, so with that, I'll pass. Thanks so much for letting me share. Thank you, Sandy. Donna G., it's your turn. Hi, this is Donna G. I'm gratefully recovering. Um, also overeater in Pennsylvania. And I just... Um, don't have much to share except that um, I am hearing from my higher power very clearly today that um, I need to be led and I need to surrender. And for me, something that is very helpful, uh, it, it, it works for me, um, is literally just um, in the morning sort of putting my hands out as if I'm ready to receive a gift, ready to receive something. Um, because that act just reminds me that there's something my higher power has for me today, and um, it's fine to receive. It's fine um, if I'm willing, and that sort of just it just helps me in that act of surrender. I don't starting. Um, I did not know what surrender looked like. I still don't know if if you know some days if I'm doing it the way I should. But that just sort of helps me to receive and get in the receiving mode. And um, today I'm also being led to receive the silence. I feel like um, in working this step, a lot of silence is required in order to hear what my higher power um, is telling me. And um, although, you know, sharing and writing and all those sorts of things and outreach is important, sometimes I need to to be in the silence. So um, I humbly receive and I humbly um, look for silence today and I um, I just wanted to the reason I really reached out was to encourage newcomers that um, your higher power when you surrender will reveal more every day and it, it, it really is true if you're willing if you have the willingness your higher power will reveal more every day so just keep coming back thank you so much with that I pass Thank you, Donna G. Okay, if you joined us recently, we are in the big book, 
We're in the chapter of Bill's story. We're on page 13, and we are reading the second paragraph. There I humbly offered myself. And if you would like to share on that one paragraph, somebody is getting into their car and is unmuted. Thank you. Um, please give me your first name and last initial. And if I hear it, I'll write it down and say it back to you. Russ M. Russ M. Barbara P. Barbara P or T? P, like Peter. P, okay, thank you. Who else? Star one? Hudson L. Hudson L. Mike W. Mike W. Christina L. Christina L. One more? Okay, we'll go with this lineup. I've got Russ M, Barbara P, Hudson L, Mike W, and Christina L. Russ M, my brother, take it away, please. <laughs> Good morning, Mark. Good morning, my fellows. Russ M, recovered compulsive overeaters outside of Philly. That was me opening the door. My kids were getting out of the car. I apologize. Um, so as many times as I've been through the big book and through Bill's story, this line really never jumped out to me. I don't know. I've overlooked it. I don't know. It just smacked me right in the mouth today and uh, touched my heart. I admitted that for the first time that of myself, I was nothing, that without him, I was lost. Um, you know, there's nothing good in me, not one thing that's good in me that God didn't put in there. Um, I am lost without God. And uh, for all these, all those years, you know, it took forever to surrender. It took forever to surrender through my pride, the disease, whatever it was. I guess it was the way it should have been. But I have nothing if I don't have God. And, um, you know, that's, that's pretty much it, if you can believe it. Um, this program is has brought me to my knees, taught me how to be on my knees, not brought me to my knees, but how to how to access God with humility and not with a laundry list. And um you know by by the by uh by the world standards I'm a, you know I'm a failure. I'm pretty much of a failure. But I'm getting there, I'm getting there right. But uh hopefully in God's eyes uh, you know I'm doing what's what's right because that's what matters now. Because without him I have nothing. I don't have anything. Uh, so that's all I got. I love you. Have, have a beautiful day. Thanks, Russ. Okay, Barbara P. followed by Hudson L. Good morning, Barbara. Good morning. This is Barbara P. in Atlanta, recovered compulsive overeater. And uh, when you called for people, I thought I am the last one to share on this on this paragraph um but yet maybe maybe i also feel like i have to i got stuck right here there i humbly offered myself to god and as soon as i hit the word god when i came into program i got really stuck because i didn't have one i didn't want one and i just didn't know how i was going to get there and for years and years of relapse i also felt like that was my issue i couldn't find god i didn't i still didn't have one 
And so I was really stuck there. But, you know, for the newcomer, if you're sitting there thinking, oh, this is not the program for me, and I almost, I almost did walk out. I think if I hadn't been so desperate, I would have. But there was no place else left. But what someone helped me see was I can really start with the program there. I humbly offered myself to this program as I then understood it, which I didn't at all, to do with me as it would. And I will say this last time I came out of relapse, that is really what I did differently. I completely surrendered to this program, this program being the steps. And I took every direction that was given to me, as crazy as it sounded, as much as I didn't want to do it, uh, all of it. But I, I didn't, I decided not to trust my brain anymore. And I decided just to follow good orderly directions. And that became my, my God. And on days, and today I, I have a higher power that is richer and bigger than that. But I will tell you on those days when I feel connected, sometimes all I can do is go back to that very simple definition. I just follow good orderly direction. I make some calls. I do a 10th step. I do what I need to do to get through the day. If I feel disconnected, I don't worry about it. I just work on connecting. And that doesn't have to be any big prayer. That can be just doing something for somebody else, anybody else. Um, and it passes. So anyway, I just, we can start any place. And I love that. Someone said that. But I, I'm, I'm, I hope people don't get scared off by, by the word, by the hymns and, or its or hers. I can replace that very easily on any given day with I just humbly offer myself to this program as I then understand it to do with me as it would. It does require trust, but I can trust the program easier than I can trust like something. It's just not as mysterious. And on days when I need something concrete, that's what I do. So anyway, thanks for letting me share. I pass. Thank you, Barbara P. Hudson L., it's your turn, followed by Mike W. Hi, good morning. This is Hudson L., uh, recovered in Missouri. Thanks, everyone, for the shares. They've been exactly, exactly what I needed this morning. Um, yesterday, I had a day of self-will run, running riot. Um, I just, I just was lost. And so this paragraph really, really hit me. Without him, I, I am lost, or I was lost. Um, and I, I grasped, grasped at straws here and there for a, for a connection, but I was whirled away in chaos at work and just couldn't find any footing. So it humbly brings me back to um, how important the action steps are in this program. And um, honestly, I was teetering on uh, resting on my laurels for the last, I'd say, week or two, just feeling kind of ambivalent about how important is all this work? And, uh, what can I get away with not doing? And um, just kind of living in, in that doubt. And uh, of course, with that doubt, lay it on top, finding a connection to spirit has become harder and harder. I had a good talk with my sponsor yesterday. She brought me to reality of how important steps 10 and 12 are. 
and um, the only things that prevent me from those two things are my is my ego, and of course we know ego means edging God out, and um, just spending time in my head and my ego, I mean my self pity, my um, self doubt, and um, not living the action steps so that I can stay connected to God and help remedy those things. So everything that was said this morning was just right on the spot and what I needed to hear. And uh, thank you with that all pass. Thank you, Hudson L. Mike W., it's your turn, followed by Christina L. Mike W., star one. Can you hear me now? I do. Thank you, sir. Oh, yeah. I keep forgetting that. I'm kind of new to phone meetings. My name is Mike W. I'm a compulsive overeater from White Plains, New York. Um, I just look at this. This really, this is an interesting paragraph to kind of, I came a little bit late to the meeting, but to sort of focus on, it really kind of gets into the sort of way I was when I entered program that you it, it it sort of clarifies for me one of the reasons this is different than, say, a diet or any other sort of self-help program in that, you know, it requires you to sort of admit that, you know, whatever issues you have around food aren't some, for me, that there, there wasn't something that I could solve by myself. I mean, I I could lose weight. I couldn't keep it off. I, I would say I wouldn't eat at certain times, and I would. Um, I would try and, you know, I would isolate from other people. My life got unmanageable. And the inability to do that means that you need something greater than yourself to do so. And that's really, I think, a key for this whole thing. You know, I think that's really what it's all about for me. Um, And it's done by action. It's not just something I can think about. It's done by doing a fourth step and doing the steps. And, And right now I'm in a phase. I've gone through a loss. I lost my mom recently. And My father's not doing well, and um, I've been in groups, you know, outside of here, and really these are the times where you have to reach out for something greater than you because this is when my agenda isn't working the way I'd like it to, and I have to sort of get back into the we and sort of do what I need to do to get myself sober and centered and all that. So it's good to be here. Thanks. Thanks, Mike W. Christina L., it's your turn. Good morning. This is Christina L. from Florida. Thanks so much for your service and everybody who has shared. There has been some really good shares. And um, I'm just remembering back on March 26th, um, six years ago, or on March 6th, on March 26th, it will be six years ago since I walked back into the rooms of OA. And, um, you know, at that time, I... I I did. I humbly offered myself to God as I then understood him to do with me as he would. And that morning before, you know, the the meeting and stuff, I had actually gone to confession and confessed that I, I was eating food that I should not be eating in a way that I should not be eating it, and I didn't want to do that anymore. And I, I sincerely did not want to eat anymore the way that I was. Um, of course, I, <laughs> I didn't... Uh, you know, um, give up eating for another six weeks after that. But, um, you know, my higher power is just very, 
he meets me where I'm at, and he he's very loving and gentle and um, patient with me. And um, I see how, you know, through many situations in my journey where I had to um, place myself unreservedly under, under his care several times, um, whether it was, you know, giving up caffeine and coffee, um, which was which was harder for me than giving up the food. And I think that was because when I gave up the food or when I gave up the coffee, I was abstinent and, you know, I had more awareness. And giving up the coffee was incredibly painful for me, not just emotionally painful but physically painful. Um, and I don't remember that with giving up the food. Um, and then just yesterday I found myself really stuck um, in step nine, um, I've made some amends and stuff, but I just felt like, you know, I wasn't getting any further in the last few weeks or so and stuff. And I got down on my knees and I'm like, okay, God, I need your help because I can't do this. I can't do this without you. And I remember, I was remembering back um, to when I came into program and I heard the steps and I, I remember saying this for a long time when I first came in was that I came in on step three. Because I already knew that I was a compulsive overeater, that my life was unmanageable, and that I was powerless over food. I already believed in God. So, therefore, I'm on step three. And I was just so proud of that. <laughs> now I'm just like, oh, my gosh. But um, um, And then the other thing, too, is I remember being on a, on a retreat one time. And um, there was an activity we were doing, and the, the people in our group were – um, giving words that describe us and stuff. And one of the Gentle words reminder. Is humble. Thank you. And um, so I've I've always struggled with that. Well, I am humble because they said I'm humble and stuff. And really, I have I I really had them all fooled. So thanks so much for letting me share. I, with that, I pass. Thanks, Christina L. Okay, where are we on this little clock of mine? Looks like we have time for three more shares. Who would like to share? Marla. Julie M. Kate B. Is that a Marla? Yes. Maria Marla. And Julie M. Kate Maria. Or someone P. else. Maria P. I'm sorry if I got that screwed up, guys. Um, I've got a Marla, a Julie M, and a Maria P. Marla, it's your turn. Would you give us your last initial, please? Sure. It's Marla S. Recovered in Iowa. Good morning, everyone. Um, I was sitting there listening to the shares and thinking to myself, um, and the recovered overeater um, has absolutely restored me to my right mind. Um, but that doesn't mean that I don't go through the same kinds of ups and downs that I did when I was eating. Um, I'm just so grateful today that as I have a higher power now that I wake up to every morning and I know it's there. Whether I feel the connection or not all the time is no longer relevant um, in how I go about my day. Um, the last week or week and a half, um, I've been triggered by an event in my life that happened with my teenage son recently that's very traumatic for me personally and re triggered a lot of memories of some past events. And so in the last week or so, I've been uh, very sad um, and up in my head, not able to control the level of 
fear. Um, but I also know I would start every day and still surrender myself to God. And even though I didn't feel the trust, I didn't feel that God was taking care of me, I have enough program now in recovery in the past six years where God still carried me through those moments of uh, sort of dry, deserty feeling. Uh, so I wake up and I say, even in the present life, I do all the uh, actions that are required to stay absent. And thank God, food is not going to thought through any of this. But to get through sadness and loss and pain and grief and fear, sometimes the fear, I said my fear prayer, which helps me a little bit, but when I don't feel that total relief, it's nice to know that I can say things to God like, hey, God, I trust you. I don't really feel the trust, but I know from what you've done in my life these last six years, I know you're still here whether I feel you or not. And to live in that peace and that sense that he's still here, he's trust, he's nurturing me, I don't have to know every minute that he's there. And I'm still going to live knowing that he's there. I just don't always feel it. And that carries me through the pain. Even as a recovered person, I get pain sometimes. And now today it's amazing after seven, eight days of just that dry last. Today I woke up with just like, oh, okay. Yeah, you're still here. Things are okay. So I have to ask God to help me trust him and help me feel the trust and help me feel the hope in letting go of trying to control whatever happens to my child and knowing that God is there for my child just the way he is for me, but that I'll be okay whether what happens to my child is what I want or what I don't want. And I like that Central I have a reminder. That, thank you. I like that I have a God concept that carries me through the times when I don't even feel the God connection. Thank you, everyone. Have a great day. Thanks so very much, Marla. Julianne, it's your turn, followed by Maria P. Hi, good morning. This is Julie M., recovered in Colorado. And what this paragraph tells me is that I need to work the steps quickly. Um, we know that Bill is in the town's hospital for the last time, the third time. He came in on December 14, 1935, and he left on December 18th. And in this paragraph, he gets through steps one through seven. Um, there I humbly offered myself to God as I then understood him, step three, to do with me as he would. I placed myself unreservedly under his care and direction, steps one through two. I admitted for the first time that of myself I was nothing, step one, that without him I was lost, step two. I ruthlessly faced my sins, step four and became willing to have my newfound friend take them away, root and branch, step six through seven. And we know that Bill got through the steps in four days. And that for me was almost blasphemy when I first started working through the big book and I, and I was first on A Vision for You. I, I just couldn't understand it because where I had come from with OA, um, I think it took me over two years the first time I worked through the steps and my step four took me a full year to do because I wrote basically a novel and I waited days in between writing and things like that. And I'm not downing it because it, it helped me very much to understand myself better. But I also know from the big book that self-knowledge avails us nothing. And 
it wasn't until I worked through the steps quickly and thoroughly that I really was able to pack everything together and get to the spiritual awakening and get to that closer place with God um, than I had ever been. And I am not, I am of the educational variety. My connection with God has been slow and gradual and moments of, of seeing the miracle happen for me and seeing miracles in my life. I've had to remind myself of those over and over. Um, but I am, I am finally in a place where I, I do place myself unreservedly under his care and direction. Um, especially with really difficult things like my children. And um, it's just, it's so amazing to me that I've spent so much of my life struggling and this book gives me the directions with how, how to get to God quickly and, and that it's the most beautiful thing in my life. It's the biggest gift that I have a connection to God and that I actually love myself. and. Um, I can be gentle reminder for those in my life that are struggling and with that I'll pass. Up on that one. This is more Z. Oh, hi, did you there? Hello. Hi, this is Maria P., uh, Recovering Compulsive Overeater in Toronto, Ontario. My apologies. I thought that was Maria. That was Julie. Go ahead, Maria. My apologies. Please, you have a minute. Thank you. Uh, well, I just feel like sharing in this particular case because my higher power is not a deity, it's not a god, it's a... It's a, it's a transpersonal entity and, and uh, I completely surrendered my life into its care and um, the result is actually that I have a serenity about food that I never experienced before and I I am completely relaxing into this program of recovery and working the steps through the big book with a sponsor and um, I do not have any worries in the world so I completely identify with this paragraph of uh, Bill's story and uh, and I can and I can be that person today, and, and that's my share. I would just pass with that. Because sometimes there are people that have a difficulty with this because they do not have a God. And I I work my program without a deity, but with the love of a higher power. Um, I will pass with that. Thank you. Maria P., let me apologize again. You have two more minutes, dear. Well, <laughs> I, I resumed everything to a minute, so I appreciate you anyway. Thank you so much. I just I just wanted to put myself out there in case somebody wants to contact me because they don't know how to do this when when they, they are in the same situation as I am, that they have other beliefs, other spiritual beliefs that are not about a deity, and uh, I am available for that. And uh, and I really, my life is a miracle today in every in every aspect, and it's it's becoming better and better, and and with more serenity. So that's all I wanted to say. Thank you. Thank you so much for your service, Maria P. Thank you so very much. And I do truly apologize. I had it in my head absolutely wrong that we needed to stop at 7:50 and not 7:55. Um, I am so, so truly sorry. 
So we have uh, four minutes left. If there's someone else who would like to share for three minutes or maybe two, two minutes, K. Matt M. And somebody with a K. Jason K. Jason K. Each of you take two minutes and we'll be great. Thank you, Warren. I'll make it quick. Good morning, everyone. This is Matt M. Come from New Jersey. I just want to share that I'm having a really good experience with the higher power, and I'm starting to become more awakened as I wake up. It's more and more to the spirit, some of the spirit. I have, I have a God of my own understanding. It's not the traditional deity of the heavens, but it's more of a close, trusted friend that I have. You know, I do, I can submit and will my will and my life over to the care of this God as I understand it because I can't. Uh, deal with the God that I was raised with, you know, the religion I was raised with. So um, I'm becoming more and more aware of what's around me every day. And I thank my, my my version of God every morning for allowing me to wake up and allowing me to enjoy another day of life. And I just wanted to say that I'm very grateful to be here. I'm very grateful everybody's on the line. And uh, I'm grateful to be working on my recovery one day at a time. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thanks, Matt. And Jason Kay, it's your turn. You have three minutes. Good morning, everybody. This is Jason Kay, Recovered Compulsive Eater and Bleemic outside of Philadelphia. And um, I really love this word, uh, I unreserved, unreservedly. And it's also in the third step prayer. It says that we could at last, we thought well, that we could at last utterly abandon ourselves to God. And I think about that sometimes because, you know, self-will for me creeps back in. And as I do my step 10 practices, I see that selfishness and fear, dishonesty, resentments kind of turn me away from God and kind of block me from the sunlight of spirit. And I have to recall and remember and reopen my heart. And it's a, a continual, this, this process for me is surrender after surrender after surrender, you know, day after day after day. Uh, and, you know, that third step prayer, that third step decision is really a decision that lasts a lifetime, but it's it's reaffirmed uh, as I take the action every day. And there's something that happens kind of in my heart as I open my heart to God and I say, I give myself to you, I'm yours, um, you know, wholly, fully, unreservedly uh, today. And then there's something that also shows me if my... Uh, it shows me if I'm being a liar or if my action, if my my thought and my prayer. I'm sorry about that beeping. I'm in my car here. If my uh, if my actions then match up with my words, then it's going to be a good day. And then I'm following through with that third step decision because there's two things. There's my actions, and what does that mean? That that means I walk into work and I say, how can I think of others? How can I serve others? How can I bless people around me? Um, I love that line, our very lives as ex-problem drinkers depends upon our constant thought of others. So are my actions showing that? Am I pausing? Am I praying? Am I turning towards God's will again and again and again? So unreservedly, wholly putting my life in God's will. And sometimes, you know, I look inside, I reach for direction, for guidance, and then I say, uh, I don't know if I want to take it. And again, I surrender. God, okay, I'm following your guidance to the best of my ability. Um, laying down my life and, you know, giving that to God again and again and again. And um, it's a joyful process. Uh, sometimes I'm, I'm, I'm clutching to certain things, uh, character defects, and I'm not willing to let go. And it's a painful process. But in the end, it's a joyful process. Uh, and I think I'm probably close to three minutes, and I think that's all I have to say with that. I'll pass.
Perfect. Thank you, Jason Kay. And thank you to everyone who shared, and thank you for your patience. As Leah said, I still haven't risen above human. I will just keep coming back. So appreciate your patience with me this, this, this morning, this evening. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. Today's share ID, 12652. 12,652. And we are now going to close the reading from the big book. Close the meeting with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Leon B., would you please read from page 164? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Yes, ma'am. Good morning. This is Leon B., recovered compulsive overeater in Simpsonville, South Carolina. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.